All right, welcome back to another episode of Spartans on the Bank. My name is Sean. Uh, this week, we're going to go over over the uh, the Akron game, uh, some volleyball soccer recaps, the crazy craziness that was the NCAA this weekend, and then uh, we have the more end of the week. St- uh, stick around. Uh, stick around. Uh, we'll be right back. All right. Over this past week, uh, we had some action from the men's soccer, field hockey, women's soccer, and volleyball teams this weekend. Um, so, uh, on the uh, on the um, fourth, uh, Michigan State uh, Michigan State um, lost to Stanford one uh, zero in a shootout. Um, it, it's always tough when you go out to the West Coast. It was at Stanford. So it's always tough when you go out to the West Coast trying to trying to um, trying to fight out there. Um, the the women's field hockey team's next game is uh, Friday against Rutgers. Uh, I believe it is going to be in East Lansing. So you know, g- catch that if you're out there. Uh, speaking of field hockey, our freshman uh, freshman field hockey goalie uh, Silsi Charler Charles has been named to the women's field hockey. Uh, yeah, women's 2022-2023 women's national indoor team. Uh, it was it was announced uh, Wednesday, um, and they're going to be competing in South Africa starting on February 5th, 2023, for the Indoor Hockey World Cup. So, uh, you know, she's a freshman out of Pennsylvania, um, but signal signifies a great, um, a, a big up and coming, uh, bright future for the field hockey team. Um, jumping over to volleyball, uh, Duke, Duke managed to beat Michigan State in three set in five sets, uh, three to two. Um, Michigan State was right in it till the end. The fifth set went 15, 10. Um, it, it, you know, it's just, it's tough. Uh, they played North Carolina, so they went, they went through the tobacco road, um, and through the tab- the tobacco road last, uh, this last week, they play Oakland again on Friday. It'll be in, um, it'll be in East Lansing. Uh, Coach Leah Johnson says we had lineup change at the very start of the match and never found a rhythm out of it. We just kept searching for the answer, but the team never stopped fighting. They never got wavered by the changes and eventually found some rhythm. The slow start is on me. I know we're fighting hard. I know we're working hard. I know we're competing. I know all that we brought in. I just have to, I just have to keep developing our talent. You love to see that from the head coach taking responsibility for the for the team uh, and understanding that you know with hockey or volleyball, hockey, um, soccer, that you only it's a limited. Um, there's only a set number of players and you got to get into that rhythm early on. Right. Um, speaking of soccer, um, women's soccer went out to, or Colorado came to, um, East Lansing and got absolutely beat up four to two. Um, and we had a, um, we had a senior forward, Cameron Evans had a, had a hat trick, uh, with the other school, other goal being, um, other goal being scored by Emily Andreas. Uh, so they Colorado is ranked number 19 in the country, and they end up getting beat by Michigan State. Um, it, it's a nice, it's a nice change of pace, something nice to see. Uh, and so it's really, it's really good to see the um, the Spartans coming on strong, especially in the women's soccer. Their ne- their next game is this Sunday at Illinois with a 2 p.m. kickoff on the pitch. Um, and then the um, speaking of Evans, uh, Cameron Evans and Courtney Kohler both took home. Um, Weekly accolades. Uh, Cameron Evans was the Big Ten Co-Offensive Player of the Week, um, and landed landed an honor uh, honorable mention spot on TopDoorSoccer.com National Team of the Week. 
while Courtney Kohler took home Big Ten Freshman of the Week honors, um, which was announced today. So Evans becomes only the third MSU player in program history to receive weekly honors from top drawer soccer and the first since senior defender Regan Cox took home National Team of the Week accolades last season. Um, Evans is from Fenton, Michigan, and she's led the charge. Uh, and like I said, she led the charge beating up Colorado, uh, number 19 Colorado last week. Um, and so we're, we're seeing a good outpouring from, uh, we're seeing a good showing from the women's soccer team. Uh, now, unfortunately, we're not seeing such a good showing from the men's soccer team. Uh, they did beat up Chicago State um, four to one. Uh, and their next game is Washington at Washington on fr uh, Friday. So if you're, go if you're heading out to um, Washington to watch the, the Spartans take on, take on the Huskies there on Saturday, maybe you might be able to catch that soccer game if you head out early. Um, Michigan, so the men's soccer team is now uh, two, three, and one on the season, and Chicago State is winless. So we're not seeing a huge, um, we're not seeing a huge, uh, a huge onpouring of uh, from the men's team. But I will say this is nice for you're seeing it with Alan Haller. He's made it a priority for those non -jet, non revenue generating sports. We are going to become a winning university. We are not going to become just a uh, men's basketball or football university. We're becoming a winning university with volleyball, soccer, gymnastics. I, um, I think you've seen it with the hires that he's made. Uh, and so we are quickly coming on and I, I, for one, am fully on board with what Alan Haller is doing. Um, it was a, it was a great hire. Um, definitely, um, should have, should have been the hire after, um, Mark Hollis instead of Bill Beekman, no hating on Bill Beekman. I just don't think he was the right guy for the job. Um, however, Alan Haller is proving time and time again, you can see it from the way he interacts with the players, the coaches, the alumni, everybody has his back. He is a Spartan through and through. And if everything goes the way it looked like, hopefully we're going to see in the very, very near future here, um, him, him, him making some major moves. We're playing on an aircraft carrier for the first time again, since, um, the, what was that? 2018, I think when we played uh, Duke, we're playing Gonzaga this year. So. Overall, Alan Haller is making the right moves, and I think it's going to only do nothing but increase Michigan State's standing within the, within, um, the NCAA community. Uh, with that, stick around. We'll be right back. All right. <clears throat> so this past weekend was a crazy weekend in the NCAA. I uh, want to take you through a little bit about what is about what happened around the Big Ten and go from there. All right. So, uh, teams that just expected blowouts, right? Uh, Ohio State dominated Arkansas State. Penn State beat Ohio. Minnesota demolished Western Illinois. Um, Maryland beat the pants off of Charlotte. We beat Akron. We'll touch on that. Purdue boat raced Indiana State. 56 to nothing. Um, Iowa State, uh, uh, Virginia, or Illinois beat Virginia. 24 to three in the uh, battle of the orange and blue, if you will. And Rutgers, Rutgers slowly coming on to put up a fantastic showing in the big, in the big 10 right now, Rutgers sitting at two and zero, beat the crap out of Wagner. I don't care that it's Wagner guys. This is Rutgers. They beat them 66 to seven, 66 to seven Rutgers. Um, Indiana barely beat Idaho 35 to 22. Michigan beat the pants off of Hawaii. We'll touch on that in a second. So uh, some of the closer games or some of the games we'll call upsets, if you will. So Northwestern lost to Duke in the Nerd Bowl, uh, 23 to 31. Um, Duke just came in and, and beat them. 
I mean, it was that simple. The Northwestern had a solid showing from Ryan Hill, Ryan Hill, He had 435 yards and two TDs. They had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown from Hall. So it's not like, it's not like they were badly beaten. They just got beat in their nerd bowl. Um, and then let's talk about Wisconsin and Washington State. Wisconsin should be embarrassed. They lost to Washington State. Okay, now for those of you who haven't been paying attention, Washington State is not a good team in the Pac-12. It's not like you're going up against you know USC, Oregon, Washington. You're going up against essentially Colorado. That's that's the level that Washington State has been at. We beat them in the Holiday Bowl or the Red Box Bowl. Red Box Holiday Bowl, whatever it was, uh, a couple years back, I think it was Brian Lewerke's second season. We beat them. Um, it's no, nothing special, but the fact that Wisconsin lost at home, and for once, Graham Mertz was not the problem. Neither really was Braylon Allen. He got 98 yards. This is this is purely a, I don't know what is going on with Wisconsin. This is a problem. The, the leading rusher for Washington State had 33 yards on 10 attempts. This isn't, he did not tear it up. The the uh, quarterback only had 200 yards and one TD. Wisconsin, something is going on in Wisconsin, and I don't know what it is. Right now, let's talk about where something else that's going on. I don't understand. Actually, I know perfectly how what's going on in Iowa. So Iowa, Iowa State, the entire Hawkeye State should be embarrassed. The entire state of Iowa should be embarrassed with this game. It was a 10-7 game. Spencer Petras has a job. Not entirely sure how he has a job. The, the fact that Brian Ferentz still has a job is a mind-blowing to me. It is nepotism at its absolute best. This is nepotism to the core. Um, this is That is all this is. And Kirk Ferentz has a job because Iowa fans are completely happy having two to three mediocre seasons, having one good season and one great season, and then back to mediocrity. So they're on like a five-year cycle. Where it's like, hey, they go six and six, seven and five, and then they'll go like nine and three, and then they'll have like an eleven one year, like they did last year. Um, they'll lose in the Big Ten, they'll lose in the Big Ten championship, they'll lose in their bowl game, uh, and then young know, Kirk Ferentz gets his contract extended. I that is Iowa, and they're perfectly happy with that. I don't understand it. They're but they understand what they are. They're Iowa, um, and the fact that they lost to Iowa State for the first time, I think, in like seven years, uh, giving Matt Campbell his first uh, the Cyhawk Trophy somehow has a dumber name than the Lane Grant trophy, but they do. And I will get, I will credit Iowa with this. The fact they schedule Iowa state every year, it's a non-conference matchup, but they schedule them every year. And I applaud them for that. So good job, Iowa. Now only you could win the game. Uh, so side note, looks like Iowa is going to be bottom of the big 10 West. We'll touch on that in a minute. All right. So, uh, Michigan beat the pants off of Hawaii less by less than what Vanderbilt did, but still, you so Michigan fans, you learned absolutely nothing, zero about your team this game. You didn't learn a dang thing because it's Hawaii. Like this, you didn't learn anything. Yes, JJ McCarthy looked great, two hundred twenty-nine yards, three TDs. Guess what? It's Hawaii. It doesn't matter. You were up forty-two a half. You didn't learn a damn thing about your team. You're not gonna learn a damn thing about your team. You play UConn next week. I think your non-conference schedule is like zero and nine. All right, let's slow our roll about number four, Michigan. You're number four because you're Michigan. You're not because you haven't earned it. You, haven't, you don't deserve it, but you're number four. And I can't really argue with it because I can't look behind you and say, oh yeah, there's three teams that are worth, more worthy of being number four. It, it's just a thing. It's not. Uh, and then let's talk about the 
Nebraska. Um, let, let's talk about Nebraska here, folks. So Nebraska lost 45 to 42 to Georgia Southern. Now they paid them something like $1.25 million. Now, Nebraska was 214 and 0 when scoring 35 plus points at Memorial Stadium. Now they're 214 and 1. Scott Frost was fired on Sunday. I was pretty adamant that he was not going to get fired before October 1st because his bio went for, goes from 15 million to 7.5 million. I mean, okay, cool. Like you what's what's two more losses? That's that's my question. What what's two more losses on the on the schedule for you? You know, you play Oklahoma. That's a loss. Like there's zero chance that's a win. You have so it's actually one more loss. It would have been one more. Oklahoma. That's your that would have been your only loss, and you're out winning that game regardless. Save yourself the seven and a half million dollars. Now, that's not to say that Nebraska fans aren't great. And by all accounts, everything I've heard, they're great. They're delusional, but they're great. They came in thinking, we're going to bring national championships back to the Big Ten. We're going to dominate. We're going to be in Indianapolis every year, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're going to, we are going to bring the Big Ten back to national prominence, right? Well, newsflash, guys. You're not. You're Nebraska. You're the only thing going in the entire state. So everybody loves you, but you're Nebraska. The days of Tom Osborne are gone, and they're not coming back. You're not competing with the likes of Georgia and Alabama, you don't bring anything to the table. And, and I hate to say it, you just don't. You're a loyal fan base, and the, the people that love Nebraska love Nebraska. But you're not, you are a third tier team at best. Bo Pelini was the best thing you had, and he had guaranteed four losses a year. You hired Scott Frost thinking he's going to elevate you to a national championship level team. Dude never had a winning season. You're, I don't know who you're going to replace him with. This week you have, uh, I think it's Mickey Joseph, Mickey Thompson, Thomas, something like that. Is it your new head coach? And here you're throwing him to the Wolves to play Oklahoma. And then you have a bye week. Your next game is Indiana on the first. Just keep Scott Frost. Now I understand that things get dicey if he actually manages somehow to beat Oklahoma. But still. Uh, okay, so with that, let's take a look at some of the other craziness that happened this weekend. Uh, so Alabama, Texas. Started off strong, noon game, Fox Network, most viewed, most streamed game in Fox Sports history. Rightfully so. Alabama, Texas, Texas is a big brand. Now, I was adamant that Alabama was going to go in and absolutely freaking demolish Texas. They're going to put their throat on them and just crush. Now, I will say this. Texas is not back. Do not get me wrong, folks. Texas is not back. Texas defense, though, is back. Texas defense is the reason they were in this game. And up until that two-minute drill at the end of the game where Bryce Young managed to drive them down the field for, for that final go-ahead field goal, they were it was a solid game. They had, like the de- Texas defense had a solid game. Bryce Young did exactly what he needed to do. He took every seven-yard seven yard out route, got the guys out of bounds, and they, they were able to drive down the field. Alabama looks beatable, folks. They look beatable. They are not the Alabama of old. Now, with that being said, my preseason wager – it was Ohio State wins the Big Ten, Alabama wins the SEC, Clemson wins the ACC, and USC wins the um, the Pac-12. I still stand by that because it's Alabama. They really just have to play Georgia. Um, and you know they're going to be aiming for Georgia for revenge in the SEC title game. Now, with that being said, does this game turn out different if Quinn Edwards is still in the game? Probably. 
he got knocked out in the first quarter and the 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 backup was hobbled for most of the second half um let, let's see oh so notre dame my golden domers i gotta be honest guys right here love to see it love to see it notre dame lost 21 to 26 to marshall notre dame is oh and two number eight notre dame who, keep in mind, started the season ranked number five is 0-2. Marcus Freeman is 0-3 because he played the bull game to start his career at Notre Dame. Worst start, worst start in a coaching career in Notre Dame history. Okay, Marshall's 2-0, oh, by the way. So, hey, props to Marshall. Now, Notre Dame paid Marshall something like $1.75 million to come and play there. Um, I, I will say that when in the offseason, I said that the loser of this offseason was Notre Dame. Yes, the Oklahoma, you Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC. That that isn't with what USC threw at him. It, it, you can't argue that. Um, but LSU stole Brian Kelly for what, in all intention, is a semi semi demotion. It's a lateral move from Notre Dame to LSU. And you're like, oh, we don't need Brian Kelly. We've got Marcus Freeman. He's going to take us back to the national championship level. It does not look like that, folks. Does not look like that. This is. Notre Dame, hundred percent, is on the struggle bus. And my my brother-in-law is a big Notre Dame fan. Got got a couple friends that are Notre Dame fans. Sean Devine, he's got a great pot. He does a great segment over there, uh, Smacking Off Podcast. Give it a listen. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame is not back. Notre Dame is on a downward spiral. I don't understand. They've got players. They probably got the Mackey Mackey Award winner uh, in Michael Meyer down there, uh, Mayor Michael Mayer. Um, but yeah, and then. <laughs> Texas A&M App State the Mountaineers pull it off again. They go into they go into College Station upset number 6 Texas A&M 17 to 14. And guys, this wasn't even close. This was like yes, the score was close, but App State has nowhere near the talent that Texas A&M does. This reeks reeks of uh, Michigan App State, like 2007, I think. Um, yeah, this is this wasn't even close. Side note: If you have not seen the celebration from App State, Google it. It is definitely worth your time. Mm, chef's kiss. Uh, they are they put East Lansing to shame when it comes to celebrating a big win. I mean, they're, 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 they 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 know how to riot. Um, with that, uh, Texas a, Texas A and M. They bought the number one class. Jimbo Fisher is he. He is not the answer. He got paid $75 million to leave Florida State to come to Texas A&M to win them a national championship. I don't think he would have won a Florida. I don't think he would have won a national championship at Florida State without Jameis Winston. I don't. I still, to this day, I will die on this hill, folks, that in, what was it? He won the championship in, what was it, 13? 2013, Michigan State beats Florida State and Auburn. The only reason Michigan State didn't win a national championship that year is because preseason rankings and we were robbed. Notre Dame, looking at you, this is why I have no sympathy for you. So that those BS pass interference calls. Um, Pittsburgh lost to Tennessee. So, you know, yeah, I kind of like to see it. Um, Tennessee faces Akron next. So don't expect Tennessee to fall in the rankings very far. And then uh, there was another, uh, oh, Georgia demolished Sanford 33 to nothing. Georgia, by the way, folks, is probably the national championship winner this year. Georgia is otherworldly. They just reloaded. This is not, this is... Yeah, Georgia is my, for all intents and purposes, my leader in the national championship. Um, Florida, <laughs> so Florida beats uh, Utah in the swamp, jumps up to number twelve in the rankings, 
And then Kentucky comes in and beats them 26 to 16, double digits in the swamp. Florida, it was a lucky win. That's what we've learned, right? That, that's what we've learned. Um, USC managed to beat Stanford 41 to 28. So USC, is, USC met their challenge in the Pac-12, and it looks like it's theirs to run away with. And then last one, BYU-Baylor. So Baylor goes to Provo, Utah to face BYU. Number nine, Baylor. Number 21, BYU. But this went to like, I think it was went to like double overtime and bad kicks all around. Um, but BYU manages to pull out the win 26 to 20. There, I will say there's only one good, great team, and it's Georgia. It is not Alabama. It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. It is Georgia. It is clearly Georgia. So with that, um, we'll be right back. Stick around. All right, so this past weekend, uh, Michigan State beat Akron 52 to nothing. Got to say, got to ask it, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? We feeling good? Feeling confident? I'm not necessarily. A uh, big part of that is Peyton Thorne. Um, he's overthrowing his guys. Um, now, it feels weird to see to sit here and say, we won 52 nothing, but it could have been better, right? Um, so, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I was, I was the guy that was champion pink Thorne before the season. We were, you know, we were in a great position. Why isn't this man getting the respect? Well, he, he's kind of proven it. He threw, he threw two interceptions against Akron. They're not good. Now, one of them was he just flat out, like he was getting blitzed, couldn't finish the throw. You saw it and he, he got picked up. The other one, he just threw it downfield and he, he knows it. He's saying it. He, he's pissed off. He's got to figure it out. Um, I, I don't have the answer. I wish I did, guys. I really wish I did. I wish he did, but he doesn't. Um, and so it, it's frustrating for him, right? Um, and so we're, we're seeing it now. It was a good game. We had we had multiple guys, multiple guys with two two plus catches. Um, Noah Kim getting some meaningful reps, getting in there, throwing a, throwing a touchdown. Um, so I mean, we're, we're seeing some solid. We're seeing some solid performances there. Um, but, and I mean, Jalen Berger and, um, Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard are coming on strong, 107, 81 yards, three touchdowns for Jalen Berger, two for Jarek Broussard, Elijah Collins getting in there with a touchdown. you love to see that guys. Yeah. Absolutely love to see it because that means that J that Elijah Collins still has it. We saw it in the 2019 season. He was like six yards away from a thousand yards. And we're like, this kid is going to be the star here come, you know, and then. 2020 happens. He gets COVID. It just, it, it, it hits him and we're, he's got nothing. Right. Um, we had Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Bernard, Trey Mosley, Tyler Hunt, and Christian Fitzpatrick all had two, two plus receptions other than Chris, uh, Christian Fitzpatrick. They, all, they were all for over 10 yards a carry. Um, our, the one touchdown was to Trey Mosley from um, Noah Kim. We saw Kate Hauser get out there, take some snaps, throw a couple passes. I, this was good for depth, right? We saw we saw some good depth, some meaningful um, some meaningful uh, minutes by the backups. I got to be honest. What I'm seeing from the offensive line, I'm loving. They're opening holes. They're getting push. It is fantastic to see. I'm here for it, guys. Um, we saw a lot of the backups. Uh, now, Amir Speed, Amir Speed led the led the team with nine tackles. With that. Kendall Brooks was Kendall Brooks and Angelo Gross came in second with seven each. I gotta be honest. When I see Kendall Brooks hit, it warms my soul. 
Like it brightens my day, guys. I I am a defensive guy through and through. I love good defense, right? Not not crappy offense, good defense. And when Kendall Brooks hit, he is hit. It is like he is trying to run through a brick wall, and that guy just happens to be in the way. That first uh, fumble, fumble cause or forced fumble was because he put his helmet on that guy's hit and just poof, knocked it loose. I you love it. It is amazing to see. And then we had Cal Halliday. I think it was like the third quarter coming in off the blind side. Wasn't even touched. Like this is a this is a linebacker's dream. He has a clear shot to a quarterback that is not watching him, and he just lays out this quarterback. It was like uh, what is this guy's name? Um, Jeff Underclufer. Under Undercuffler. That is the most backup quarterback name ever. Um, but Cal Holiday comes in and just knocks this thing loose. It was amazing to see. Now our boy Jacoby Winman, right, leading the country in. Uh, he's leading the country, and I think it's forced fumbles. Um, uh, what is it? It's forced fumbles with four um, sacks with six and a half or five and a half tackles for loss with six and a half. Jacoby Women won back-to-back players, uh, defensive player of the week. First Spartan to do that when you consider some of the defensive players we've had. That is amazing, amazing to see, right? So, and we saw Zion Young out there, Dylan Tatum, uh, Mayo Gayate, uh we're seeing, we saw a lot, right? Ch- uh, Charles Brantley. I'm not going to lie. I like what I saw. The defense is there. We saw some solid playing time from the backup O line as well. Um, and I, I got to be honest, guys, I'm here for it. I, I, I'm just here for it. It warms my soul, right? Like we were worried about the depth at the and um, the offensive line coming into the season, right? What do we have? We know we have solid starters, but what do we have behind that? Newsflash, we, we got pretty solid behind that, right? And then you have, what do we have in the secondary? We still don't entirely know. Um, Cause under Clefford was just, he wasn't, there was no zip to his ball. Now we know when we fight, when we face Michael Penix this weekend, um, we know what he can do and he can run. Now D irons was tearing us up with his feet. He went one, two read, and then he was off and he was gaining four to five yards. Uh, actually, let me, let me take a look here. He was gaining, um, uh, where where is he? He was gaining 4.3 yards a carry. He had seven seven attempts for 30 yards. Um, so yeah, I mean he was he was solid. Um, and so you have uh, Mel Tucker at his press conference on Monday. He says our goal was to get better get better this week in practice. We had a lot of things we needed to clean up. Felt like we need we came into the game a better football team where we just had to go out on the field and show and play a better brand of form football more consistently, offense, defense, and special teams complementing each other for the entire ball game. Side note, I know it was, it was a field goal at the end of the half. We were up 21, but seeing, seeing Jack Stone being able to drill a field goal, I think from like 46 yards out, puts get some confidence in that kid's veins heading into the, heading into the, the season where we're going to need him. Huge, huge. I granted it was a, it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but still being able to see see that ball go through the uprights, it put it calms him down and gives him some confidence going forward. Right. Um, now with that, uh, Mel Tucker, you know he he's standing behind Thorpe. He's saying the one throw. Um, I obviously saw it sailing him. I don't know why he sailed that, but I'll say that. We just have to get on film and basically see what happened. What Jay says and what Peyton has to say, things like that, and we'll continue to get to work better. He was poised throughout the game, continued to work through the game while he was there. He'll just have to see. Um, now, I, I, I will say that the most popular guy on the team on the team is the backup quarterback, right? Um, Noah Kim looked good. He looked poised. He threw two passes. He has thrown three passes at Michigan State. 
do not think for a second that Noah Kim is prepared to push Peyton Thorne for the starting job, at least not right now. This is Peyton Thorne's team. We go, we live and die by what Peyton Thorne does, right? And so we need to um, we need to be ready for that, okay? Um, now, Jaden Reed went out of the game. He was injured. Um, he essentially got pushed and slid back first into a um, into the, a metal bench. Um, no need to rush him back. I don't think. I think we're going to see him this weekend. Probably a bruise, an ice pack, probably a massage by the by the trainers. He's going to be good to go, right? Um, and then I, I saw a lot of people going, oh, well, they were moving the ball. If it wasn't for those turnovers, it doesn't matter how we get the ball back. Punt, punt, force fumble, doesn't matter. We get the ball back, right? So, yeah, we got 28 points off of turnovers. We got we got turnovers. This is not a reason to get angry or all upset, right? Um, so um, I, I will say that overall, I think we're in a pretty solid position moving forward. Um, we just need to figure out what we're doing, uh, what we're going to be doing as far as, um, going forward. Right. I think, and I'll have my preview episode out next week. Um, but overall this, we are in a pretty solid state and we are, I'm confident heading in. Um, but my confidence is a little bit tampered, um, with what we're seeing from paint thorn. He needs to figure it out. Right. Uh, and with that, I'll be right back. All right. So that'll do it for me for this episode. Uh, <clears throat> like, subscribe, share, uh, all that kind of great and wonderful stuff. So uh, let's close out with my favorite segment um, called Moron of the Week. So I, Jake Butt, uh, put out that he thinks Michigan should be number three overall. They're number four. Eh, whatever. That was, I, I was kind of had slim pickings um, until... Uh, and then, uh, I was going to go with Desmond Howard, uh, a revisit, if you will, on his top four to make the college football playoffs. They, three of those top four, aside from Michigan lost this weekend, it was like Pitt, A&M, and, uh, I think like, uh, this is Washington state or something. I, or I forget who, but yeah, three of the four lost. I was going to go with that. I, I decided I was going to. Uh, then something came across my feed. Uh, I'm just going to read the headline. Michigan fans boo quarterback Cade McNamara after everything he did for the program. My moron of the week is every single Michigan fan that was in the big house in Ann Arbor that booed this man. This kid who lay, who has done nothing but lay himself out for this team, who beat Ohio State, who won you a Big Ten title. First time in like 15 years you won that. Got you to the college football playoffs. And you're sitting there booing this kid? For why? Because you think J.J. McCarthy is better? Uh, he might be. He definitely has a higher ceiling. His floor is a lot lower. Let's not forget that J.J. is the reason he lost the Michigan game, Michigan State game. So, K. McNamara has done nothing but give all for his team. It is a disservice what Harbaugh has done to this kid. K. McNamara should be able to go. He should be able to transfer wherever the hell he wants to go when he graduates this year. And he should be do. He should do proudly. He's a, this kid has done nothing but lay it, lay it on the line. And you have fans booing him. This reeks of Brady and uh, Brady and Drew Henson, right? There's a reason Brady didn't go back to Ann Arbor until Harbaugh was hired and made amends. Your fan base is ridiculous. 
you are booing a kid that got you to the college football playoff and won you the Big Ten title. J.J. McCarthy didn't do that. You're, I'm not saying that you have to sit here and say, oh, hey, it's we're ride or die with Cade. No, by no stretch of the imagination. You do what's best for your team. But to boo Cade McNamara, that, that just shows your, your I don't even know what to call it, your level, your level of human decency, human of respect. Yeah, he got his crap pushed in by Georgia. You weren't going to win that game with J.J. McCarthy anyway. Your entire team wasn't on the level of Georgia last year. You deserve whatever you get. That's all I'm going to say. With that, go green, go white, go Spartans.